0: Hello everybody, this is Richard Harris and I wanna welcome you to the Truth and Liberty Live call-in show. Uh, this is Thanksgiving week, so happy Thanksgiving to all of you as well. I uh, You won't see me again before Turkey Day, but I wanna wish you and all of yours a happy Thanksgiving. Um, we've got about six inches of fresh snow here in Woodland Park, Colorado. So uh, loving that and uh, just super, super excited about the program today. Uh, I have a really special guest for you, uh, a guy I admire a great deal, considering a friend and he is a doer, man. And I'm just super glad to have Rick Green of Patriot Academy, founder, president, CEO, bigwig, and everything else. Uh, joining me, Rick, I'm so happy to have you with us today, brother.
1: You forgot the rest of the list. Uh, Chief Bottle Washer takes out the trash, um, washes the vehicles, and mows the lawn, too. Uh, But, hey, man, good to see you. (laughs) Looking forward to it.
0: Yeah, well, it's gonna be a great show today. Uh, before we dive in with Rick, I wanna share a couple of announcements with our viewers. Uh, I wanna remind everybody that the Heart of Christmas is coming up. It's the annual performance of the uh, drama written by Elizabeth and Robert Muren here at Karis Bible College. It's gonna be on December 8th, 9th, and 10th at Karis. You wanna get online now, awmi.net, and get your tickets. It's gonna be an awesome show. If you've never seen the Heart of Christmas, you are missing out. It's a, it's a moving drama that tells the real story of Christ's birth, woven into a modern setting of a modern family, and it's just really tremendous. Uh, You'll be glad you saw it. So come on out to Karis and experience the lights and the the snow and the Rocky Mountains and and an amazing Broadway quality performance of the Heart of Christmas. Uh, The weekend after that is a live nativity on campus. It's called the live nativity uh, but we have camels and horses and uh, a Roman soldier on horseback and of course baby Jesus and the holy family and the whole nine yards it's awesome time the campus will be lit up as well it's going to be beautiful so be sure to check that out um, and if you're not familiar with the truth and Liberty website I want to encourage you guys to uh, to go there uh, and check out our resources area you know we have hundreds of links on our resources page designed to equip you and enable you to become active and effective as you stand and for truth in the public square. And uh, you may not remember this, but we have a 24 seven news feed on our website, which you can check out anytime and get up to date on all the, all the news of today from our favorite conservative sources here at Truth and Liberty. Well guys, Rick Green is a former Texas state representative, national speaker and author, as I said, the founder and president of Patriot Academy. He's a co-host of the radio show Wall Builders Live along with David Barton. And uh, I'm just super glad to have Rick on the show today because of all the amazing things that you are doing brother down there in texas and around the country um you know i just want to start the program off by by asking about some of this stuff and maybe i bet a lot of our viewers are not really that familiar but patriot academy i first heard about patriot academy back when we were starting the practical government school here at karis and you and your team came in and you put our students through this amazing mock legislature experience and um, and uh, it was awesome, but it, but you're not, you've are not you not been content, I'll just say that, to stick with Patriot Academy. What's going on at your ministry and uh, what are some of the great things going on there?
1: Well, first of all, thanks for being uh, brave and courageous enough to have a recovering politician on. I, I know you're <laughs> digging out of the bottom of the barrel to do so. I go to a Tuesday yeah. night meeting every week, Richard, get up and say, hi, I'm Rick, I'm a recovering politician. I'm six years yes. clean off the ballot, just so you know. So um, no, seriously, man, I, I think one of the things that we wanna do is, is get rid of that cynicism about politicians and yeah. get more patriots running for office and, and serving and, and being good leaders. And, and uh, of course, I know that's what you guys push for as well. and That's why we mm-hmm. enjoy locking shields together. But you're right, man. We're running as fast as we can. I don't know about you, but I have this just sense of urgency right now. I feel mm-hmm. like all the, all the bad stuff that's happening in the nation, the culture's crumbling around us, I feel like we have a window of opportunity where people are paying attention that haven't done so in a, maybe their whole life. And so it's a great chance to pick up the pieces and rebuild uh, to do, you know, just like in the book of Nehemiah. And and so I'm I'm actually excited. I, I, I'm i glad I don't live in pale and timid times, as Ronald Reagan said. So mm-hmm. I tend to go fast and hard and and uh, and try to do everything that we can. So Patriot Academy has been running in maybe too many directions, but we're still doing what you're talked talk about, that youth leadership program. <clears throat> and and we do that for uh, now seven states. We go in and do that at their state capitals and. Um, we we not only do young people now for that legislative simulation, we have a military version of that for military sure. vets and uh, active duty and retired. We're doing it for our Constitution coaches. That's another one of our programs that's really exploded. We're up to right at 27,000 Constitution coaches around the country using the materials that, that David Barton and I put together on, on the Constitution. and. Then, of course, we're building a campus down in Fredericksburg, Texas, and we've got our handgun defense training there. So folks come in and get a little physical training on how to defend their family, but most importantly, the intellectual training to defend the Constitution. And uh, so we're just, man, we're having a great time. God's blessed us with some great opportunities. Wow, that's a lot, Rick. I want to unpack some of that stuff uh, because
0: uh, it's amazing. Now, uh, you've got something called Leadership Congress. Is that the same thing as what used to be Patriot Academy?
1: Yeah. Cause, so we we had to kind of uh, everybody thought of the leadership Congress as Patriot Academy because that was all we did initially. You know, I started uh-huh. that back uh, 23 years ago when I was a state rep. And then when we started adding all these other things, we'd be like, well, that's the Patriot Academy, you know, gun class. That's the Patriot Academy Constitution <laughs> class. That's the Patriot Academy capital thing. And so th- we, we spent a long time going, OK, what's the naming? What's the nomenclature? How do we do this? So now everything's under Patriot Academy. And specifically that simulation you're talking about where we really put people through an actual legislative process where they are the rep or the senator. They're passing the bills. They're filing the bills. They're debating the bills. Uh, We now call that leadership Congress. Oh, okay. And you're
0: in seven states with that. So you actually go into state capitol buildings. And do you bring in young people or adults of all ages or what's it
1: like? The main one, the flagship program, is is for young people, 16 to 25. You know, we started that, like I said, 20 23 years ago, and the whole idea was, okay, you're, you're at that at that age, you're kind of figuring out what do I really believe, right? Not just what mm-hmm. does mom and dad believe or how was I raised, but now what have what have I cemented that I can boldly speak about. And, uh, and defend. And so we wanted to catch them before the left did or before the media did. And uh, and we wanted to make sure that at that moment when they're really trying to decide that and they're cementing that, that we put them in an environment where they could be exposed to uh, these these problems that the world's facing, but see that the Bible has solutions for everything that we're facing and let them learn that and factor that into what they believe. And then get really strong in what they believe and teach them how to defend it well. So that's the whole concept. We wanted them to be in that environment at sixteen to twenty five years old. So it's high school, college, we sometimes have law students, uh, you know people that that you know, from all walks of life, but in that sixteen to twenty five range, and we're doing it now, we we do our big one in Texas, that's our national one that's a whole week, but we do some regional ones three days at these other state capitals, Delaware for the Northeast, um, Florida for the Southeast, we do Arizona for the uh, Southwest, Idaho for the Northwest, we're doing Indiana for the Midwest, and then there in Colorado, we technically do too, because we're still coming to Caris and doing one right. on site every year. And then we're uh, up clo- closer to the Capitol there in Denver. Uh, we get we team up with the Centennial Institute over at CC- CCU, and uh, they spend some of the time over at the Capitol Summit at the, at the campus. But man, there's no substitute in my mind for um, you know having to defend what you what you believe. And I love the I love the chance to use questions. So if they if they mm-hmm. file a bill that's just anti-biblical or anti-constitutional, you know, it's bad liberty uh, or whatever, just because they think it feels good, right? A lot of times these kids will come in and they'll yeah. follow, it. we just want to help people, right? And so we, uh, we use questions to get them to think through mm-hmm. what that unintended consequence might be, and that way they're coming to the conclusion. It's not just us pounding it in. They're learning through that whole process, and it's fun to watch, bro. I, lo- I love watching the light bulb moments that these kids have during that leadership congress.
0: Well, and there's there's nothing like having to defend your position, right? As you're, yeah. as they're pretending to be a legislator, and they're gonna they're gonna have to defend their bill, or opposite, they they take the opposing view and start attacking it, and it gets these young people yeah. to really begin to think through, yeah, like you said, what they believe. And so, do you have many students? And, and for the
1: record, I gotta say it is more fun to kill a bill than to pass a bill. So that second one you <laughs> mentioned, where they go against that, that's more fun. Anyway.
0: <laughs> yeah, you probably played D in college, right? Defense and. <laughs> <laughs> anyway so uh do you have many students go on to hold office like run for you know elected yeah, positions it's, and it's stuff probably, like that yeah
1: it's probably yeah it's about 10 10 to 12 percent of the ones that come through go political route and then the rest of them go into business or you know uh, the pulpit ministry uh, education you name it they're in every area of the culture but we now have members of congress that, that came through our programs a lot of state legislators across the country a lot of local office you know local judges and and county commissioners and city council and i encourage them to go run for water district i mean all those local offices that our side doesn't tend to pay attention to and the left takes over and it becomes their little fiefdom with their you know with our tax dollars and they love to tell other people what to do with their property so we're really trying to get our graduates to go into those local offices that most people don't pay attention to and bring these principles of of liberty and I should say Richard are just so people at home kind of get an idea of what we're teaching in all these programs we have an acronym that's easy for everybody to remember lift l i f t limited government individual liberties free enterprise and timeless truths And that's what we program, I mean, all through all of our programs, we're teaching every bill. You look at it through that prism, through that paradigm. It's a plumb line that you can measure everything against, and it makes it easier for people of all ages to, you listen to a politician say, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. Okay, well, then you can think through, okay, does that... Is that within limited government? Is that a proper role of government? Uh, Does it take away individual liberties or restore individual liberties? Does it violate free enterprise principles and put the government in charge instead of the market? Does it uphold biblical timeless truths or tear them down? It's just a set of questions to help them analyze both people running for office and legislation itself if they're the ones uh, looking at doing something.
0: Well, I think we ought to take all the members of Congress and run them through your program. That, that'd <laughs> Amen, be like a great orientation, wouldn't it? That'd yes. be awesome. So where do people uh, are? People are watching right now. They want to maybe send their young person
1: or, or refer
0: somebody to you. Where do they go?
1: Patriotacademy.com. And when they get to that main page, it's got all of our different programs. So if they're interested in this one that we do at the Capitals, look for Leadership Congress. It's right there at the top uh, on that home page. And then, and and a kid doesn't have to be from that particular state or region. It's usually more what, what fits for them that summer, uh, because we do them throughout the summer. You know, which, whichever date works for them. We have kids all the time. They'll fly across the country and go to go to an academy, a, a leadership congress It's not even close to them. But for some, if it's you know, if it's in your state, it does make it easier to get there. But they're all they're in June, July, and then the last one, the big national one in Texas, is always the first week of August. All the dates should be on the website. I think they're ready, and I th- I think our application process. For next summer is already open. If not, it's close. So go visit, watch the videos, and then come back later to apply if it's uh, if it's not open yet.
0: That's awesome. So there's also I think what you're doing. One of the things that's most exciting to me is this biblical citizenship program, Rick. And uh, man, I don't know. I I haven't heard for a while what the latest count is, but your program is in thousands of churches across America now. Kind of incredible. But it's basically if tell me if I'm wrong, but you're teaching Christians inside the local church about uh, what the Bible has to say about being a good citizen, but also about the United States Constitution and how it's rooted in biblical principles. Uh, you want to elaborate on that one? What What is this program, Biblical Citizenship?
1: Yeah, you nailed it, man. That, that's exactly what it is. It's kind of twofold. So, you know, as believers, the Bible isn't in, has instruction for everything. There's nothing in our life that we leave off limits. The Lord is Lord over everything in our life, and that includes how we treat our neighbor, which is the way I define politics. I think politics is how do you treat your neighbor? Every piece of legislation is about how we're going to treat our neighbors. And thankfully, there's a wonderful biblical command on that. That's pretty simple. Treat your neighbor the way you want to be treated. And if Mm -hmm. we approached everything in politics that way, we'd we'd all be a lot better off. So this class basically says, as believers, what's the Bible say about how how to be a good citizen? And then what's the Constitution say about how we actually do that? What's the operational kind of logistics of that? and the the premise is that Jesus said render unto Caesar what is Caesar's and unto God what is God's and in our nation it's not the Roman empire anymore in our nation we're Caesar so how do you do Caesar well how do you take this gift that God's given us and be a good steward of this freedom since we are in charge we the people are in charge and the course is it's just fun it's not it's not your typical I don't know if you did this, Richard, but I slept through high school and uh, government and, and uh, history and all those things. I mean, you know, head on the desk, uh, yeah. knocked out, drooling on the desk, hoping nobody had noticed. Yeah, yep, gotcha. that was me. <laughs> uh, so it was boring, right? It was just memorized dates and names and mm-hmm. maps. And oh, it was just terrible. I hated it. So so these classes, I wanted them to be entertaining. So I, I say this somewhat bragging, but also I think it's true, and people will, will back me up on this. It's the only— Constitution class where you'll actually stay awake. <laughs> you'll, you'll enjoy <laughs> learning yeah. about these things. Um, Kirk Cameron teaches on the monument. Of course, David and Tim Barton—they're just the, the best. I mean, that you crack open their heads and it's just like information flows. It's just phenomenal. Uh, right. Rabbi Daniel Lappin's in there. Jeremy Boring from Daily Wire. Uh, Congressman Barry Loud. I mean, just a ton of people. And uh, Jack Hibbs, Rob McCoy. I mean, all these folks, and they're just kind of—they just—they they make it flow where. I was telling David Barton this the other day because I said, man, we, we threw this thing together. Like, I, only the Lord could have designed this class and used a bunch of Forrest Gump's like us to somehow make that thing fall together the way that it did. A million people have been through it now, um, thousands and thousands of classes. I think we have 6,000 known classes to us, but there's thousands more that people don't do through our system. Like, they just take the DVDs and, and do them in Sunday school or do them at their house. But we've got a really cool technology where if they sign up as a coach with us, we give them the backbone of our system where they can access the videos online. They can create their own landing page really quick with a couple of clicks. And then they send out that URL to their friends and family. It's got a register button. When, they're, when their friends and family register for their class, they get a digital workbook. It's free for everybody. We don't, don't charge for it. So all of that has just come together. I mean, the Lord just really, for such a time as this, put us in a position where David had been really – um really had a burden for teaching on truth and and how to find truth. And then Tim had done this research on the 1619 project that had just, I mean, it it had it had really neutralized a lot of Americans to be like, I don't know if I'm supposed to be proud to be an American. I mean, we right. did we invent slavery? I mean, are are we evil? I mean, that it really had a, a bad effect on a lot of people. And Tim Barton had just done all this research right when we were filming this class. And I saw him actually, and you and I were together, like you said, at that legislators conference. It was at the legislators conference a couple years ago where I saw him do this presentation. I sat in the back of the room, probably like the first time everybody hears David Barton. You know, your jaw's on the ground. You're going, how did I not know all of this? I felt that way again 20 years later. I've been with David 20 years, and Tim did that presentation. Richard, I was blown away, and I grabbed him afterwards. I was like— Tim, we got to put this in biblical citizenship, and we were just starting to film biblical. So it all worked out, and we, and and I'm rambling on you, but just to say, that's it was just crazy. It was like a big storm, and God brought all these pieces together right when COVID had hit, and everybody's asking questions about you know tyranny and what can government do, and and so the Lord just used it to explode all over the nation, and and we're thankful for. I mean, the testimonies of people churches that have had four and five hundred people in the classes some people do it with four four or five people in their living room but then you got big groups of churches and churches that just caught on fire i mean i had a guy from connecticut a pastor told me last summer that they did a class and this guy shows up at their class and says i'm an atheist i don't agree with any of the faith stuff but i know the left hates you guys and and i hate the left so i want to team up with y'all and in the fourth week, he gives his life to Christ. The next week, they baptize him. I mean, you just don't know, man. You just, it's just like <sighs> anything awesome. else. You know, you just plant the seeds and let God water. It's just, it's been incredible. I mean, we really enjoyed that class.
0: You know, uh, Rick, let's get just a little bit philosophical for just a second, if we can. You had a conference um, in Colorado Springs uh, a couple months, maybe three months ago for your constitution coaches. And and you gave me just the honor of, of uh, saying a few words there. and I talked about uh, why it's right to teach the Constitution in church Um, because so many people, so many Christians still say, oh, politics and religion don't mix. You can't talk about politics in church. And, um, you know, John Quincy Adams, there's a famous quote from him. I can't say the whole thing, but he basically said on, on a certain Fourth of July holiday, he said that the the 4th of July, the day the United States was founded as a nation, that day and the first Christmas day when Jesus Christ were born, are in, those two dates are indissolubly linked in the history of the propagation of the gospel. And it, it might catch people off guard to think, well, how could that possibly be? You're, you're, you're committing sacrilege here. But the reality is that the principles in the Declaration of Independence and on which the Constitution are founded, are Bible principles, and you can almost preach the gospel by teaching the Constitution and Declaration. Am I all, am I wrong on this, or what do you oh, think? Oh man,
1: I, I couldn't agree more. And and the first thing I say to people that say what you were talking, you know, because I hear it all the time. You know, we don't want politics in the pulpit. We're just supposed to preach the gospel. I mean, the first thing I say, my friend Paul Blair, pastor up in Oklahoma, he, he always says this, You know, what area of your life is the Lord not Lord over? Like I said earlier, and that's the only thing we shouldn't be preaching about. So if the Lord is Lord over everything, that includes our citizenship and how we treat our neighbor and what our constitution looks like, what our, our compact of society looks like. And for us, we're blessed in America because like you said, that founding period itself, they were so immersed in Christianity. It was what one historian called, it was the atmosphere they were breathing. And so it came out in everything that they did, and 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 that's why, you know, John Adams said the general principles upon which the founders achieved independence were the general principles of Christianity. That's why they talked about, you know, George Washington, religion and morality, indispensable supports of political prosperity. John Adams, a moral and religious people, it's the only thing this constitutional work for, and so all all of that to say, you cannot have a true free society, a true have true liberty if you don't have morality and the only way to get morality is from religion and so the founders did something that really had never been done to this extent they literally based the whole nation on the Ten Commandments they, they built the whole thing on this idea that we are going to treat our neighbor the way we want to be treated that we're going to say that some things are just flat out wrong. They're evil and we don't want them in our in our culture, in our society. And we're gonna treat everybody the same. The biblical idea, this is so important right now, Richard, with the whole two-tier justice system that is taking hold mm-hmm. in America. This end justifies the mean stuff. Yeah. The biblical kind concept of justice, biblical justice, says that you and I get treated the same, whether we're rich or poor, whether we're black or white, Jew or Greek. Ah uh, doesn't matter? We're all treated the same. equal weights and uh, honest weights and measures. all of that. That's a biblical concept of blind justice, equal justice. That's why we see the, you know, scales of justice and the and the blindfold. And today it's now social justice, which means depends on the color of your skin, depends on your religion, depends on your political affiliation. That will determine whether or not you're prosecuted, whether or not you're treated different. So you can see the two different paths we can go, one with a biblical foundation, one without, and that's why George Washington, when he gave that quote in his farewell address, it's because he's watching the French go that route of no religious foundation. Everybody do whatever feels good. Everybody do whatever's right. And he knew that that would not work. He was watching it not work. Libertas alone was leading to the guillotine and chaos, whereas liberty from God exercised respecting his authority and within his boundaries. As my one of my mentors, Zig Ziglar, always said, God's best blessings are within his boundaries— So when all of that's in the equation wow man what a blessing we become exceptional all the things that america became when you don't have that formula you lose all that and that's why the pulpit absolutely should be teaching these things because it's going to make for a better society and it's just part of being salt and light i mean it's literally saying we here in the church have a duty and responsibility to help preserve the culture, not only to be the preservative as salt, but bring out the best flavor of the meat by doing it God's way, which works best. And everybody benefits. Muslim, Buddhist, secularist, atheist, they all benefit in a society where Christian principles are permeating everything. And you can't do that if you're not teaching Christian principles from the pulpit, which is discipleship. Right. And discipleship means everything he commanded, and that's the last thing I'll say on this because I'm rambling, I'm filibustering on you here, but but the gospel, when they say we're just supposed to preach the gospel, I always say, well, what do you mean by that? Like, Mm -hmm. what is the gospel to you? Because to Jesus, who we probably ought to listen to on this... To Jesus, it was go and make disciples of all nations, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. It wasn't just to get people to walk the aisle, give their life to the Lord, fill out a card and be done. We're going to just throw them to the world at that point. No, Mm -hmm. we're supposed to be digging in, showing them how to live that out. And that includes how we treat our neighbors, which is politics. Wow. That is awesome, man. Um, So I'm going to take that and just like
0: send that quote, that whole speech out. That is phenomenal Uh, because we need to hear that. You know, we have this, um, we really have this compartmentalized. We're still Compartmentalizing yes. things in the church in the West, especially in America. And we think, oh, I've got this part of my life here and this part over here. And I go to church yep. on Sunday and I live a good life. But, you know, it doesn't have anything to do with my business, doesn't have anything to do with politics, doesn't have anything to do with sports or whatever. Instead of thinking, you know, Jesus said to make disciples of all nations, not just Amen. individuals, but nations, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded. So, anyway, don't want to be an echo chamber. I couldn't no, say it better. No, that's so good, that's awesome. man. That's awesome. That's awesome. So well, good. Folks, I wanna remind you, all our viewers now, this is a live call-in show. You've got a chance here to ask questions of Rick Green, the founder of Patriot Academy. Um, And uh, Rick works really closely with David and Tim Barton. He's he's an attorney, a former state legislator, a scholar. And uh, so call in the numbers on your screen, 719-619-2341. And uh, we've got just a few minutes left in this segment. I want to remind everybody also about Andrew's 24-7-365 Prayer Center. You can call in if you need someone to agree with you in prayer today. A whole uh, giant room full of trained prayer ministers are standing by. That number is 714. 714- 96351111 11. and you know uh Rick the constitution coaches is something else you mentioned now that's connected to biblical citizenship right those are the folks that you train up to lead those biblical citizenship courses and you said you've got 6000 constitution coaches in America now
1: 27000 27000 20, 27000 man it's just exploded Um, Now, part of that is because I'm going to tell you the qualifications, Richard. This is really difficult. you got to spend a lot of time and years in college to be able to be a Constitution coach because all you have to be able to do is get people in a room, turn on the power, and hit play. (laughs) That's it. You don't have to know any answers to any legal questions or any constitutional questions. you just got to get people together that want to learn. And then when the video's over, Get them to talk about what they just Uh learned that's what our coaches do so i i do say that to say no one out there that's thinking about i would i wish i could do that but i don't know don't let any of that intimidate you i start my constitution classes by saying you're going to stump me tonight you're going to ask me a question Uh, i don't know the answer to and we're going to go learn it together so being a coach is actually fun
0: well you know uh, i think somewhere in the bible it tells a story about god saving israel with uh 300 men uh, against the Midianites who covered the landscape. And you've got 27,000 there, man. That's reason for hope right there. Amen, amen. Yeah.
1: There, there, well, is a, there is an awakening going on, brother. People are hungry. They're hungry. Well, they're, they're, they're looking for truth.
0: Yeah, you know, um, I want to come back to that in just a minute. We're coming up on this break. But let me ask you about your constitutional defense courses, too. So this is Second Amendment stuff. This is training people uh, on the, the safe and proper use of firearms and our rights under the Second Amendment. So tell us about that. What do you do? Uh, what, what's that part of your ministry doing?
1: Yeah, you know, it grew out of Proverbs twenty seven twelve. Uh, a wise person foresees danger and takes precaution. A simpleton or a fool walks blindly on and suffers the consequences. And I was the simpleton, man. I was the fool for 40 years of my life. Uh, I was the God and guns guy in the Texas legislature. I passed bills for, you know, a- about the Second Amendment. Charlton Heston did an ad for me. I mean, I was the gun guy, wow. but I didn't carry my firearm because I wasn't trained. And so I would not have been able to defend my family if, a, you know, a, a, if the wolf had shown up at a, at the Walmart or grocery store or restaurant or our home where we were, I wouldn't have been ready to, to defend. And so I started training Uh, That's been 12, 13 years ago. Uh, Started training, fell in love with being able to properly use my firearms and and know how to deal with the situation, and then got really passionate, uh, especially after a lot of these mass murder events happened across the country, and especially when they happened in churches. I got really passionate about getting as many citizens to become sheepdogs as possible, so we decided to make it very inexpensive, but with the best instructors on the planet, and make it a course where you could come, even if you'd never touched a gun or never had any training, or I've had SWAT off. Officers come through our class and say it was the best training they ever had. So regardless of where you're coming from, we'll make you better and you'll be ready and able to defend your family and 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 protect the innocent, but also get that intellectual ammunition, really understand the Second Amendment and the and the biblical right of, of self-defense and why this is important for us to do. Well,
0: I want to I talk about that more later. We're coming up on a break here, but people can find out about your Um, Constitutional Defense courses on your website. Again, that's patriotacademy.com. That's on our website, or on the bottom of the screen now. So folks, you're watching Rick Green on the Truth and Liberty live call-in show. He's my special guest today, and we're talking about everything I can cram in to this hour and a half. (laughs) So it's been great so far. Be sure to call in with your questions. The number is on your screen, and we're gonna take about 90 seconds to share some information with you, and we will be right back. Thanks.
2: Andrew has many conferences and seminars around the globe each year. For the
0: latest information on Andrew's complete speaking schedule, visit our website at
2: awmi.net slash events.
3: You were created with a purpose, written in the heart of God. Long before you were born, he is calling you to find it. We want to help you experience his unconditional love to be equipped and empowered to become a world changer.
0: Well, ladies and gentlemen, we're back here on the Truth and Liberty Live Call-In Show. I'm Richard Harris, and our guest today is Rick Green. And uh, Rick is one of these guys who's actually just changing the world one generation. I mean, one one person at a time. He's reaching out to the younger generation, uh, training them up on American principles. And uh, I believe he's sowing uh, seed, and there's gonna be a mighty harvest, Rick. Uh, this the, What you're doing to train young people, you maybe more than anybody, I know have day to day exposure with the next generation and uh, in large numbers. And I I was at an event about three years ago and uh, Charlie Kirk was there and and he was just in a roundtable session. But he made an offhand comment that stuck with me. He said, He said the, now this is a little bit pessimistic, but it's also optimistic. So he said he's given up on the millennial generation. I'm not sure I agree with that, but he said the, the, the Gen Z generation, he says polling was showing that they may be the most conservative generation in a, in a hundred years. Now I don't know if that's true either, but there's, there is something about the next wave of young people who they're not, they're, they're not quite as jaded. They're not quite as indoctrinated or something. Maybe they're more open. What do you see? About this next generation, is there still hope for America, or do we have a whole other wave of Marxists coming our way? What are you seeing?
1: Actually, yes to all of that. Uh, there is absolutely a way, another wave of Marxists coming. I mean, we got three generations now that these schools have indoctrinated with, with leftist poison. Uh, I mean, there's no other way to, 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 to describe it. I, I remember 20 years ago when I was in the ledge uh, fighting textbooks in Texas. Of all, you know, this was supposed to be the beacon of liberty, right? Texas is supposed to be the mecca of freedom. And I, and I was having to fight textbooks that said socialism, communism and capitalism are just three equal ways to form a society. In other words, our system of capitalism and constitution, all that stuff, not any better than communism. I, I mean, that's literally what they've been teaching the kids and especially in universities. And, of course, we see it now with kids marching for Hamas and all the all the crazy stuff that, that that's out there. So that wave, there is another wave coming, no, no, no doubt about it. But I am hopeful, and and you know Charlie uh, probably has a better finger on the pulse uh, than I do because of how much time he spends on the campuses, and and uh, they do fantastic work at Turning Point. Love Charlie, um, and and wonderful biblical worldview too. And they use our biblical citizenship class, by the way, at Turning Point Faith and and uh, across the country. But. Uh, but I do think there's hope uh, because and part of it is I'm spoiled, I admit it, I am spoiled. I get to be around the remnant that God is raising up, the cream mm. of the crop, the tip of the spear. We call it the navy seals of thought. So these are the <laughs> tip of the spear kids and God's raising up this remnant And and the key is that they get grounded like we were talking about earlier at that time in their life when they're figuring out what they really believe. And they get really, really good at defending and articulating what they believe, so they can win over others. And not just be them, but they become force multipliers, and and they begin to win their generation over. And so that's what we do at Patriot Academy is train them to do that. And so because I get to year round, not just in the summers at the leadership congresses, but then year round going and talking to our coaches and other groups around the country, I'm um, I'm way more optimistic than most people because um, I'm around the remnant. I'm getting to see them. I get to see the eye, you know, the eyes light up. I Get to see the light bulb moments. Even even this this past weekend I was in um uh what was the name of the town? It was just south of Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, but I was in a little town outside of Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, and we had 200 coaches in there. It was very much like the one you spoke at there in uh, Colorado Springs and you know, just watching these people, a lot of people that came into the room had not done a class. They they were just kind of figuring out what is this thing. And to see how much they got excited and 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 then and then to hear from the coaches. There was this panel that went through what they'd been doing in their classes and just the miracle, all the stuff that was happening. So I get to be around that all the time. And it doesn't make me, you know, blind to the bad stuff or Pollyanna just waving the flag just to feel good, but it does help me stay balanced. And of course you know David uh, Barton very well and David's always been that way. He's even kill, man. Doesn't matter how bad it is or how good it is. He's just like, "All right, Lord, what's next?" So that's been a good influence on me cuz you can tell I'm kind of I'm passionate, man. I'm like I, I get <laughs> yeah. get get going. Uh but anyway, th- these kids are I think the way you just described that is right on there. There there's something about their desire to make a difference and and not waste their life. I don't know I, I can't I haven't put my finger on it yet. I can't figure out what the underlying um, motivation is, or what what caused them to be this way, but they just they have this sense of, of of urgency to make a difference. Now that then gets channeled. If the left gets a hold of them, they channel that to fake stuff like the climate mm-hmm. hoax and 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 all this other stuff. And they and that becomes a religion to them. That's why they're so fervent on the whole climate thing. Uh, that's why even when they you know t- 2020 when they really believed these kids really believed America was racist they really believed all the all these lies that they had been told and and so they marched with fervor the 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 pro-palestinian stuff these kids believe they're part of a righteous cause so they really have a desire to make make a difference that means if we get to them right if 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 our people if the church speaks truth to them if we start from the pulpit saying to these kids and 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 to the church listen god's put us here for such a time as this we have truth on our side and there are people hurting out there and we get to bring them that truth we get to bring them those solutions i think they will see what we see which is they get a hold of that truth man they get fired up and they go out there you know ready to fight and and they become i mean there, there's a there's a sense of of uh, i keep saying urgency but it's more than that it's it's a fervor it's just a passion um for for fighting for what they believe in but that means It's so critical to get to them while they're young because otherwise they buy the lies and it's very hard to to turn them once they've really bought into the religion of, of leftism.
0: Yeah, for sure, uh, totally. And, and that's why what you're doing is so important. But you've got, uh, I, I want to make sure everybody knows about your new campus, too, Rick, that you're yeah. doing. Uh, you're building uh, a, a campus down there that's going to have so many awesome things. I don't even know where to start an Independence Hall, uh, a, a Senate chamber, a House chamber, gun, gun ranges, and all this stuff. Tell us what's going on in Fredericksburg.
1: Man, it's going to be the uh, the Disneyland for Patriots. Okay, so it's it's literally the Patriot experience and people will be able to come down and and do their constitution training in a mock up of independence hall and i only say this kind of joking richard but i have done my constitution class in independence hall the real one in philly uh, many many times i love it i love going i used to love going there but now the city i mean it, it, they've just destroyed it i mean it's mm. is the, the the as as dennis prager always says the left destroys everything they touch they yep. they've destroyed it so i i say this somewhat jokingly but you get to do your class in independence hall but you don't have to go to philadelphia and get shot you can <laughs> <laughs> up to, to Fredericksburg, Texas, and have a wonderful weekend, and actually get to do some shooting, but on the range. And um, yeah, um, so anyway, uh, Independence Hall is because I it's my favorite place in history, and I wanted to have a replica of it so that people could come to, to our campus, sit there, and and relive the signing of the Declaration and and the debates for the Constitution. Um, and really understand what a constitutional republic is and what they've been given. And there's something about stepping back in time that really helps to to do that. And then we're building Monticello where our Center for Constitutional Defense, our think tank will be. We're going to rebuild the rotunda of the U.S. Capitol, a smaller version of it in our Welcome Center because as you've seen and been in there before on our tours, man, it's uh, you could tell the whole story right there. I mean, you got those those eight paintings, the statues, the, it's, there's just so much there. And I love that, that room as well. And then we're going to have our own legislative chambers, House and Senate chambers, so that 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 leadership Congress we were talking about earlier, we're still going to do the ones in state capitals across the country, but we want to be able to do that every week throughout the year for families when they come in and and do the Patriot experience. We want them to study the Constitution in Independence Hall. We want them to be a legislator for a couple of days, because I really think if any citizen gets to go through that simulation, they will be a better citizen. They'll be able to talk to their legislator uh, better. Instead of just yelling at them and saying, why didn't you do this or that, Mm -hmm. they'll understand the process a little better and they'll be more influential in in lobbying for for the good things that we're fighting for. So they get to be a legislator, they get to learn the constitution, they get to do the handgun defense class. It's just a, it's gonna be, you know, no kidding, the Disneyland for Patriots and a great place to get that Patriot experience. And that's for families, you know, of all ages to come all throughout the year. But then we're going to do a one-year program for students, 18 to 25, to really get grounded. And, I mean, I'm talking about a year where they are just intensely diving into, again, what do I believe, biblical worldview, uh, really getting grounded in constitutional governance and, and how the system works real you know leadership skills of how to you know how do you lead people how do you how do you find your purpose and what god put into your heart what's the desire that he's planted in your heart do you want to be in business or politics or uh, ministry or education the arts the science what whatever it is and we're going to give them about five weeks in each of those To be mentored by someone that's doing that really, really well with a good, strong biblical worldview. So they can get a little taste of each. And we're praying that God will, you know, right at that moment, they'll be like, wow, I love this particular area so that they can start marching that that direction. So it's a lot uh, of things. I'm sorry, I'm throwing so much at you at once. We're so excited about it. God's opened some incredible doors. The property alone was just a God thing the whole way it all came together. It's a beautiful piece of property, 178 acres out in Fredericksburg, Texas, which is the heart of the hill country in Texas. About the only place in Texas that's pretty, you know. The, I mean, I love Texas. Don't get me. I'm a proud Texan, no. but most of it's like, eh. you know. Uh, so <laughs> nothing like what you got there, in Colorado. But it, it's the one area of Texas that's, you know, got a little bit of hills. You know. <laughs> anyway, yeah, we're I excited about.
0: It. Yeah, I hear you, man. No, it it is pretty there, and you're. It's about what 45 minutes from San Antonio or somewhere like that. You were yeah. telling me, and I yeah. th- I think I saw on your website that people can actually uh, like uh, get a brick like. Like with their name on it or something like yeah. that what's that about i want people that's to know.
1: a really cool so i i didn't mention lexington so my one my, maybe my favorite story out of all of american history is april 19 1775 shot heard round yes, the sir. world where it all started right there at, at lexington and so we're going to build the lexington green where these buildings will kind of be around the lexington green so Just so I can go out there and tell the story and feel like I'm on the battlefield, you know, but it'll be kind of cool. And we'll have some cool statues of uh, the guy, that the pastor there that really sowed the seeds of liberty that started everything, Jonas Clark. And then the the military guy was Captain Parker. So we'll have those two statues. And then there's this really cool citizen named Levi Preston, who nobody's ever heard of hardly at all. Uh, But he's got a great story. He was one of the guys that was there fighting. Anyway, we'll have those three statues. And then we're going to have these cool pavestones all the way around the Lexington Green. And they're not just a brick. They're like a big pavestone. And it's just a way to help us get the place built, and, but a way for people to have a legacy and be a part of it. So they can put a Bible verse or a family motto or, you know, whatever they want to put on the on the pavestone. And they can, it's a sponsorship thing where they can do 2400 bucks is what it costs or 100 bucks a month for a couple of years. And uh, it's a it's a great way to be a part of what we're doing. And you're literally investing in the kids of the next generation and raising up those leaders that that we are, we're all praying for them. We got to we got to also do the hard work to raise up leaders that will uh, tra- uh, lead from a biblical perspective and have that backbone we all want them to have.
0: Man, that is so exciting. I, I am really looking forward to seeing that. Now, uh, you've got a little video here that I think we can play. It's about two minutes long. It's going to share some of this stuff about your ministry and about this new campus. So if if our guys are ready to play that, let's go ahead and roll it now. And um, hey, fellow patriots, and I'm Rick Green, about.
1: America's Constitution coach and founder of Patriot Academy. All of us are in this room because we know the culture's crumbling and we want to pick up the pieces and rebuild. Started for me 23 years ago when I was a state rep in Texas, really frustrated with how even conservative legislators had no principles. It was finger to the wind. They weren't voting based on core conservative constitutional biblical principles. They were voting on whatever was popular. So out of frustration, I started Patriot Academy to raise up a new generation of leaders. We trained 16 to 25 year olds in the state Capitol where they get to be a legislator for the week and experience what it's like to make laws. Now we've got graduates from Patriot Academy serving in Congress, state legislatures and in school boards all across the nation and we've even expanded it to military veterans with their own special leadership Congress so that we can prepare them to run for office as well. This past summer we held eight leadership Congresses all over the nation training young people, military veterans and citizens of all ages including our Constitution coaches. We began that Constitution coach program back in 2020 as a way to teach people to host Constitution classes in their homes, churches, libraries. Now there are constitution classes going all over the country. We've had 5,000 classes and over a million people go through these constitution classes. In three short years, we now have 26,000 constitution coaches all across America in every state and almost every community. Our most popular course is Biblical Citizenship in Modern America. We're teaming up with Liberty Pastors, iVoter Guides, Salt and Light Council, Family Research Council, Turning Point. We're equipping their members with constitutional literacy to restore the republic and here's the best part becoming a coach is free And the course is free. Our goal is to provide our content for free in order to activate the church so we can see our biblical values represented in all areas of our lives, especially in government. Lastly, we are extremely excited about our 178 acre Patriot Academy campus in Fredericksburg, Texas. We're gonna bring in 18 to 25 year olds to spend one year with us in a political and civic gap year program, preparing them to be salt and light in the culture. They'll be trained in campaigning, journalism, media, policy, and entrepreneurship. They will be well-rounded citizens armed with the knowledge and skills to literally save the country. Join us at patriotacademy.com.
0: Well, that's a fantastic video, Rick. Uh, That's awesome, inspiring and everything. Um, I want to, now at this point in the show, we've got a caller on the line with a question. We'll go to her, and then uh, after that, we'll come back and and talk about a few more of these things. But we've got a caller on the line, Jeanette, from Florida. Uh, Jeanette, thank you so much for calling. What's your question for Rick Green today?
4: Well, um, can I just explain, Richard? I, I graduated practical government in May, Yes, (laughs) so you yes. Know who I am.
0: <laughs> yes, Jeanette, I recognize your voice. Yes. <laughs> Thanks for calling.
4: And Rick, I am a lifetime coach with Patriot Academy, and I met right. you in the summer when you were in Lakeland. And yeah. I am working with the Florida employee for Turning Point, and we are in the middle of arranging a pastor's briefing to teach, uh, invite pastors to teach about social issues and to encourage them to show biblical citizenship. Excellent. And we're looking for, um, as I understand it from Chip, who is the um, employee for Turning Point, that um, perhaps I shouldn't say but um, we're looking for a guest speaker, <laughs> and I'm hoping that you, your schedule might free you up <laughs> for that. But my question—oh, sorry. The other thing I wanted to tell you is— um, in the mail today i received because i am a 76er all right i'm a little i received a little sticker in the mail today so maybe you'd like to promote that on the show with truth and liberty
1: and i'm really oh that's great i I hope i can join you uh, for that event in florida i'd love to i love coming to the free state of florida so Mm. so anytime we can get out there and and help with we'd love to so let me know especially for pastors events you know as richard and i were talking about in the first segment um, you know, whether the church has got to be salt and light and, and getting pastors to get past this whole, oh, I don't want to do politics or I only preach the gospel. And, and to really understand that the gospel is the whole counsel of God and the whole Bible is important. So i jump at the chance to, to speak to a group of pastors anytime.
4: Thank you. And thanks for everything you do. I'm really excited about your program. I and mean, of course, we had Constitution Alive in Practical government.
1: <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate you calling. And, and uh, that 76er program is, for anybody that wants to help us, it's $17.76 a month. And that puts, you know, because we do the classes for free, we have to raise the money to run the tech and, and have the team and the staff and everything to do it. Uh, and it costs us about five bucks a student to put people through the class. And so if you join for as a 76er, you're helping to put at least three people a month through the class and also to build the campus and all the other things that we're doing. So that's what she's talking about when she says the 76er club.
0: Okay, well that's awesome. Jeanette, thanks for calling in.
1: Bye-bye. Thanks so, Jeanette, God bless you.
0: Yeah, that's uh, that's awesome. I hadn't heard about that one, that's pretty cool. So so Steve, I mean, excuse me, Rick. Uh, no, Steve what,
1: Green sings, you don't want me to sing. What happened to That we, we would that scare was, off the audience if I sang. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that was weird. Um, w- let's go back to the Second Amendment, can we? Because I still have a question yeah. for you about that. Yeah, oh, of course. Um, why is it that every time there's a mass shooting or some kind of catastrophe, the left always wants a gun ban? It's almost like rote. They don't even think, there's no really dialogue. It's just, oh, we need, to, we need to ban assault rifles or we need to ban whatever it might be. Um, but the statistics uh, show that those, those solutions really do not make, uh, make the country or the community a safer place. Can you comment on that?
1: Yeah, they, they do the opposite. Actually, they they make the place more dangerous for law-abiding citizens and easier for criminals. Uh, it, it it's every time, you know, and and every one of these mass murder events, um, you, you really got to look at uh, both uh, what's happening with the mass murderer. Almost always on a psychotropic drug, their brain's been rewired. Uh, there's major issues there, and then secondly, they almost always pick a place that is a gun-free zone. So they're looking for an area or a a store or school or whatever that does not have security that does not allow concealed carry for law-abiding citizens because they want easy prey um you know saying earlier what what got me wanting to put more people through the class was a lot of these mass murder events and churches in texas and even that walmart out in el paso where this guy literally is walking aisle by aisle murdering people and it took you know nearly 10 minutes to get anybody there to stop him and so i've always said the number one factor in a mass murder event is proximity, proximity of a trained good guy or good gal with a gun that can stop the bad guy. If they're all all outside the building, if they're only law enforcement or no citizens that are armed inside the building, a lot of people are gonna die by the time, I mean, I don't care if it's SEAL Team Six that you send to that school or that church or whatever, by the time they get in there, innocent people are gonna die. And so people will always want to blame the, the the weapon. It's not the weapon. Listen, when one of these guys, crazy guys, drives a suburban into a crowd and kills six or seven or ten or twelve, uh, the terrorist weapon of choice for the last decade or so has been a semi truck driving to a crowd or or things like that. It's not the vehicle. It's not the um, the inanimate object. It's the heart of man. And there's always going to be evil in the world. We're not going to stop that this side of heaven. Uh, and that proverb about being a wise person and foreseeing danger is so so important. But the founders knew this. That's why they put the Second Amendment into the Constitution. That's why they knew this is a biblical right of self-defense. This is not just something they came up with. They traced it all the way back to Exodus. They understood the importance of you being able to defend your home. And also wherever you are. That's why it's keep and bear arms, not just at home, but wherever you go. Even Gorsuch, uh, Justice Gorsuch and Justice Thomas, Uh, They said a couple of years ago in a dissent, they said, you know, if you think the Second Amendment is just so you can walk from your living room to the kitchen with your gun, you're missing the whole point. It's wherever you are being able to stop that crime but also to be able to keep a tyrannical government at bay. So the founders talked about that over and over again, that this was the, this was essentially, in fact, this guy Joseph Story on the Supreme Court in the founding Mm -hmm. era said that the Second Amendment is the palladium of all of our other liberties. It's the protector of all of our other liberties because it is a strong moral check against usurpation. But then he went on to say, if we don't teach people this stuff, then people that are indifferent will become disgusted and they'll have contempt and they'll undermine this important part of our Bill of Rights. And that's Hmm. what you just described, Richard. People become disgusted. They see a mass murder event and all the media does is say, what kind of gun was it? Or it's a scary looking AR or whatever it might be. And all of a sudden we associate the murder to the weapon, even though they could have used other weapons, but we associate it to the weapon and we blame the weapon when it's actually an inanimate object. And that's why so many people now have disgust or contempt. It's part of why we teach the class the way that we do. We, we spend as much time in the classroom and doing the intellectual side as we do actually learning to use the weapon because we have to get more people understanding the importance of this. And I know I'm filibustering. Last thing I'll say on this, I always say to people that think they're for gun control and they think they want government deciding who gets to keep and bear arms and all of those things, or they want to get rid of all the guns, I always just stop them right then and say, okay, listen, if the madman comes through the door right now With whatever kind of weapon bat gun whatever he's got whatever kind of gun whatever it is would you or would and he starts trying to kill people would you or would you not want me to be trained have my weapon and use it to stop the bad guy from killing anybody and then i just let them stew on that for a little bit because you're not no matter what laws you pass you're not going to stop the crazy there's going to be crazies out there and i always say a sheepdog you know, close by is the best way to stop this stuff from happening. And that, that includes sheepdogs with ponytails. You know, the same day that, or the day after Uvalde happened in Texas, there was a lady in West Virginia. That crazy guy came into a party, started shooting up the party. She pulls her gun out of her purse, puts down the dirt bag. He was the only one to die. That's a good headline when only the dirt bag dies and none of the good people. And that only happens when you have a sheepdog.
0: Yeah. And the problem is that those don't become headlines, only the that's bad right. ones become headlines.
1: That's,
0: that's exactly it, right. Yep. But so I'm going to play devil's advocate. I mean, sure. but Rick, we're, we're living in a modern age here, man. I mean, we've got F-16s, man. Uh, <laughs> we got, we got tanks, you know, m one Abrams. Man. Come on, man. <laughs> what, what's your gun going to do to stop the United States military? This is an outdated idea. It's time to move on and get along, you know, get on, on the you know, same page as all these other civilized nations.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. To say that in the founding father's age uh, terminology would have been uh, all you have is your musket. They have ships and hordes of men and cannons and everything else. Which Oh, by the way, on the cannons, uh, because the same guy that said all this stuff, also says they didn't allow people to have cannons in the founding era. Absolutely false. They absolutely allowed you to have your cannon. Only ordinance we can find against cannon said if you have a cannon, please don't fire it in the middle of the night in town. You're waking people up. Um, so the, 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 the point is that that we need to be able to resist at whatever level we can. And most of the time we need to resist. It's not from an F-16. It's 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 literally right there in your own neighborhood. It's literally defending your community. That's what this is uh, really designed to be able to do If 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 there's a a major emergency or there's a a mob coming into your town that you can actually grab the good citizens in that town and and defend the town. Um, And then and then, you know, to the to the immediate need, though, that that's the that's the fact that, you know, you got four million violent crimes a year in America. It's happening more and more. And it's not so much right now the government coming in and attacking you with the f 16 as it is just that you know that that criminal that that's knocking on your door in the middle of the night or not knocking but coming through or uh, in the parking lot and 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 I'll tell you Richard it's very rewarding at the end of our class to, to see the way that especially the women and, and it's 55 percent women that come through our class especially the women at the end of the class the confidence that they have and the and the comfort that they have knowing I can walk now from the grocery store to my car uh, and not have that. Uh, just almost universal fear that that at any time I could be attacked. Because my daughter, she's like ninety pounds, man. I mean, I don't care how much jujitsu she knows, if the if the bad guy's two hundred fifty pounds, she's done, right? He's going to be able to overpower her. That handgun is the great equalizer, and and it's just absolutely necessary, I think, in this day and age, as you mentioned today. In today. In today's day and age, it's even more important for every individual to be responsible. And to the dads out there, I say it's your job. It, J- James Wilson, signer of the Declaration and the Constitution, on the original Supreme Court, he said, "If you get robbed in your house, it's your own fault and negligence. Every man is is the every man's house is his castle, and every man is the commanding officer of his house. We have a responsibility to be able to defend our families, defend our homes, defend our churches." um i'm gonna offend some people right here i know that and and send all your hate mail to richard and he'll forward it to me (laughs) um but but you take for instance these this school in nashville that got shot up it really bothers me that this dirt bag walked around the front of that school for two three four minutes shooting out windows and walking around if there had been a sheepdog anywhere on that campus they would have been able to get to the dirt bag and put her down before any child died I think we have a responsibility, if we have a church or we have a school, if we're the decision makers there, we should be doing everything we can to have a security team, to allow concealed carry, all of those things to prevent these deaths from happening. Um, And don't call them mass shootings. A mass shooting is what happens when I go to the range. They're mass murder events. There's nothing wrong Mm -hmm. with actually shooting a gun or having a gun. It's not the gun. It's not the shooting. It's the murder that takes place, whatever the weapon is that they use. Oh, that's fantastic! You know, our rights
0: uh, can be infringed by our neighbor just as well as by the government, and we have the yeah. God-given freedom to defend that's those it. rights. Uh, and it, it doesn't matter whether it's an F-16 or somebody with a, a baseball bat. So I, right. I, I think I, that's I wish awesome. I had
1: my book done. But I'm working on a book with my director of training at, at our at our uh, handgun defense courses. He's already written the lion's share of it, but it's called the Biblical Right of Armed Self-Defense because Christians need to know you know, the, the details of this and, and what, all the scriptures that point to this, because a lot of times we think, I'm supposed to just turn the other cheeks so on, am I allowed to defend myself? I've even heard mm-hmm. even, right. you know, big leaders say, I wouldn't even use violence to stop someone that was raping my wife. I'm like, what are you talking oh, How do yeah. you back that up? But, you know, biblically, that's crazy. So anyway, there, we got a book coming out. I wish I had it uh, ready for you today as we talked about, but but there's definitely a strong biblical case for being all able right. to defend yourself.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Well, we're up against our second break now. Time is flying by. We got two callers on the line, and we're going to get to you guys in just a second, but we have to take this little break uh, to share some important announcements, and uh, we'll be right back after that with Rick Green, the founder of Patriot Academy, and uh, it's been a great show, so don't go away. It's going to get even better. We'll be back after this. Are you in ministry and want to connect with other like-minded ministers? Andrew Womack founded the Association of Related Ministries International, or ARMY, to serve, equip, and empower you for success in your ministry through relationships, community, and resources.
2: But just being a part of this, uh, being filled with the Word of God and with ARMY, fellowshipping, knowing that I have other ministers with me, it is awesome. We have met
0: such precious people through Army. Uh, There's people I know I can call when I'm in a jam.
4: Ministers have a safe place to come. We can unify and unite for the kingdom.
0: As an Army member, some of the benefits you'll enjoy are Bible teaching correspondence courses, regional advocates for personal support and ministry, regional events for networking, one-on-one ministry and encouragement, our monthly newsletter and more. You don't have to do ministry alone. Join this growing network of dynamic and elite ministers from across the U.S. and around the world today. All right, everybody, we're back here on the Truth and Liberty Live call-in show. My guest today is Rick Green, and uh, we're having an incredible conversation. I wanna encourage you, if you've got questions for Rick, please call in, the number's on your screen, 719-619-2341. We do have a couple callers on the line right now, so let's go ahead and go to them. First, I'd like to go to Pat from colorado pat thanks for calling in what is your question today
3: my question is about school board meetings we've had new elections and we had really sad experiences with it And i want to know as a family what can we do proactively with our voices to be known in the school board meeting basically my daughter-in-law went in and um said how she felt about CRT in a little school district out east, and um, they said that they were going to do her and she was going to have t- trouble in court for coming in and saying what she did. And then another son has his daughter is in um, Jefferson County, and they were told as teachers to delete all their files about LGBT, and the LCAJ heard about it and it came out last week to see about it.
0: Wow. And Pat, can I ask what county uh, was that again in Colorado?
3: Elizabeth was the first county. Okay. I mean, Albert County, Elizabeth School District.
0: Okay, Albert County. Okay, well, awesome. Well, Rick, what do you think? How can families make a difference in local public schools?
1: Yeah, man, if I could answer this one in three parts, the good, the bad, and the ugly. The bad is uh, there's no doubt the left controls our education system. The public schools are uh, dominated. Even in our small rural towns, they are infiltrated with with, uh, some real evil. Uh, The grooming does happen. The the, the philosophy that is taught is all moral relativism, Uh, the sexualization of the kids. I mean, it's bad. It's very, very bad. Uh, the and, and the other part of the bad is that these school boards, uh, li- like, like a lot of legislatures now, this is happening um, really in a lot of areas of politics, they're making it harder and harder for us to speak, for us to be able to come and let our voice be heard. The system only works with consent of the governed. So the, I, that comes from the declaration where it says that to secure these rights governments are instituted among men deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. So we give or refuse consent by being able to speak at board meetings like that or be able to run for office or or when we vote. Those are all ways we give or refuse consent. And I remember in the legislature back in my day, man, we'd finish a hearing and when it, when we were done and we took all the testimony of everybody we, we that signed up to testify, we'd say, okay, anybody that didn't get to testify, I mean, it was open. We wanted people to be able to say, I could not even go speak at my own school board meeting here in my local town because of the time they had to have. You had to sign up by. I didn't know. I signed up right when I got there, waited to, I mean, they just make it virtually. They do everything they can to keep you from speaking. And then they turn around and here's the ugly. They do what uh, our caller just said. Uh, They literally berate people that come to share truth and, and expose sometimes the porn that's in the schools and all these things, they berate them. I have friends who have been arrested at school board meetings. Um, we, we had the horrific one there in Loudoun County where the guy's daughter had been raped in the bathroom. He's there uh, at the school board meeting. They literally arrest him and drag him out of the a school board meeting. He's now, um, you know, has sued them and that school board has actually been turned because of a church right there in that county that got involved and that's where we get to the good. You can turn these things around, but it takes time. That happened to that guy two and a half years ago. Uh, They just now were able to take it over. I just talked to a lady yesterday at our coaches conference uh in pennsylvania and it took her two cycles but in two election cycles they totally took over the school board she now has an eight to one majority of conservatives on that board most places it takes three cycles to get to 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 that level so it just and when i say cycles i mean that would be six years right to get to that to get to that point uh depending on the state and the election system so all that to say the good is you can do it you can take these boards over Yeah, you can you can make the schools less bad. Let me put it that way, because I'm I'm all for homeschooling and private schooling and church, every church starting a school and creating these opportunities outside of the public schools. But I am not part of that crowd that wants to just leave the kids in burning buildings and and not help at all in the public schools. I think we should still take over school boards, make it as least bad as possible, get school choice in every state so that parents can take the money and go somewhere that's actually going to back up what their, you know, their value system. Those are all things that take time. And so we have to work in every one of these areas. Families, you have a voice. I don't care if you're already homeschooling or private schooling, don't think that that means you don't get to vote for school board or that you shouldn't run for school board or that you shouldn't show up and testify at school board. That's your local school district. You're paying for it with your tax dollars, and the kids coming through that school are going to be running your town someday, potentially. So you absolutely have a voice. Let it be heard. Go testify and just stay on them. I mean, if they don't let you testify, they don't let you sign up, you show up at the next meeting. You find out the rules. You play by their rules as best you can, and you absolutely let your voice be heard, and it takes time. Be be willing to be in this for the long haul.
0: Yeah, great answer. Well uh, you know, we uh, just got done with an election cycle here, school board elections, as many places in the country, and uh, Truth and Liberty uh, covered 30 different uh, school board races here in Colorado with uh, nonpartisan voter guides. And wow. uh, and we, uh, we saw four, um, out of those 30 districts, um, we had 12 that were conservative controlled and those were all held, plus we saw four flip to conservative control. Nice. Uh, so, you know, when the church gets informed and the Christians get active, we can make a difference. And so, Pat, I'm not sure about the jurisdictions where where you are. I would have to look into that. But, you know, the other thing, um, you know, run for office. Get someone in your family to run for school board or get with other concerned parents and you guys start finding somebody to run. Uh, You can write letters to the editor to expose what's going on in the schools, to expose your experience there. Um, And just one church that, you know, the average turnout on, and a school board election is somewhere between you know, under 10%. Now it's been higher lately as things are getting more, more polarized, but it, it, one big church in a town can absolutely flip a school board if people will turn out. So uh, there's lots of things you can do to, to get involved. Um, I did want to say one more thing though. There's a our manager of field operations here at Truth and Liberty, she got started by going to local schools and just volunteering. Uh, she just wanted to serve and make a difference. She was helping uh, teach kids to read um, and serve in any uh, way she could. In And she would start going to those local school board meetings. And she oftentimes, she'd be the only member of the public that was there. And the, the board members got to know her, the teachers got to know her, and they began to trust her, and she gained influence. And uh, then began to know what's going on and spread the word. And now she's organizing, uh, you know, with us uh, to, to help get these, uh, you know, these crazy values out of there and, and more godly principles in. So start small, do what you can, pray to God for guidance, uh, look to serve and uh, connect with other people who are concerned, other parents. That would be I just tag that onto what Rick was saying. Yeah, so. can
1: I jump in there one more time? Yeah, I, please. That's, that's so good, and 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 so important, and that, and that applies to the legislature too. Get to know your legislator. Get to know them when they're running um and go go meet with them and say can, can how can i pray for you um i mean it's it's very similar to what she did with the, with the school board it's literally serving other people and and being a blessing to them and building the relationship that will then give you at least their ear yeah, and that doesn't mean they're going to agree or do what you what you want but at least now you have an opportunity to speak to them i mean there's a time right for 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 battle and being adversarial and coming on strong and all that kind of stuff but if you're able to sow seeds like that early on, oh, wow, that's such a better way to win. And you're much more likely to be effective faster doing that. I love that story, Richard. That's that that's a model for how we should be doing all of these areas of influence in the culture for sure. Yeah, for oh, sure. And, and, and by the way, like you said, everybody should be running. Uh, campaign coach is a a little class we've got that's just online. You just take the classes, and it'll help you run for local office like that, and it'll put you light years ahead of all the other candidates out there um, and and will teach you how to win and and, and do that well. And if you become a coach, if you become a Constitution coach and host classes at your church or in your home, you're going to build up a little army of patriots that's going to want to go testify with you at school boards, that's going to want to back you if you're running for office or someone out of that group that's taking the class, sitting in your living room after the video's over and you're talking about it, somebody's gonna say, hey, uh commissioner's seat just opened up, who's gonna run? Somebody in there's gonna run, and somebody else will make the signs. I'm telling you, I hear it almost every day, that happening in a constitution class somewhere in the country. So use our stuff as an excuse to get those like-minded patriots together in your community.
0: You know, this whole thing about local, <clears throat> getting involved locally, it's a big deal. We, it, most people are, that are sitting around there, they're hearing about Donald Trump, right? Uh, Trump this, Trump that, or Joe Biden, or Bidenomics, or whatever. And they think, well, okay, yeah, okay, can't wait for presidential election, I'm going to vote. But, you know, the way we change the world is one one little community at a time. And uh, and we've got to get folks involved. And, and the what you're doing, Rick, with these constitution courses, biblical citizenship, and all this other stuff, I think it's just just amazing. And just like you said, people get around, then they start talking, then they become a hub of influence, and yeah. then they start reaching out. They learn more information, bring it in. You know, that's the, that's the way to go on that, I think. I, so. I-
1: I I just want to put an exclamation point on that, Richard, because we do we tend to look at president or Washington and think all the problems are going to be solved there. It's the opposite of that. It's what you just said. It's it's what we do locally that's going to make the biggest difference. Uh, our our regional um, coach ambassador out in in uh, Pennsylvania that was putting on this event day before yesterday, she says that all the time. It's like you know, education's key. The real solutions are local. The real work is done locally. It's so true, and we can all do that. We can all you know, if people think the only way they can make a difference is get rid of the federal Department of Education, that's a big huge thing. It needs to be done, but you know you and i we're not going to you and i can't I do can that do we're it. not voting yeah. members of congress right so right. but we can do what you just described everybody can so we still pay attention to that national stuff but it's locally that we can make the biggest difference.
0: Well, and you mentioned this earlier, but the left doesn't seem to have this problem. The, they get into these little offices, everything from dog catcher all the way up to governor, and yep. and and we're just sitting on the sidelines. You know, those are, that's how farm teams are created. That's how you locate candidates for higher office. That's how yep. you build networks of support and end up being able to raise money and and. Now look at us as America. We're suffering because George Soros went throughout the nation, right. paying for people to run, or paying, I mean, he's funding their campaign to run for yep. district's attorney, for yep. secretaries yep. of state, all these things that no one is paying attention to. And now uh, now look what havoc is being wreaked. So we ought to do the opposite. Yeah. But anyway, we got a we got right caller. On, man. Let me take uh, Frank from Missouri. Uh, Frank is a a, a frequent caller here to Truth and Liberty. We're glad to hear from you, Frank. Thanks for calling in today. What's your question for Rick Green?
2: Um, You know, thank you for taking the call. You know, my my father was a combat vet, World War II. My brother was a combat vet. And and I am a Vietnam-era vet. So, you know, just to preface uh, the question from from that. um,
0: Thank you you for your service, Frank.
2: Yeah praise the lord. Yeah uh you know I I, I want to know if I'm right about this you know the uh I, I heard the brother saying uh, and I'm grateful for the energy that you guys are putting out here really for America. Yeah uh, you know if uh, if I'm right about this it's like a the 28 principles of the Constitution: of uh, uh, the genius of natural law. Two is a uh, moral people. and Three is moral uh, leadership out of, out of moral people. If you don't have that, then you don't have a you don't have a Constitution. Four is uh, uh, the role of uh, religion. Five is the role of the Creator. Six is the I'm not going to recite the whole 28 principles. Oh, good. But the question, <laughs> the question of that. You said thank you very much. Yes. <laughs> you know, the, the question is. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, Noah, uh, uh, hey, uh, there's a little fire burning here, and I need a bigger fire, really. <laughs> you know, when the blessing of, a, you know, talking about local, uh, you know, it it it's not bragging. You know, I'm depressed out of my brain, and uh, this little 18-year-old sister comes um, uh, and asks me for some wisdom, and five minutes later, I'm giving her a... Uh, 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 God's not unrighteous to forget our work and labor of love. Don't be lazy, uh, uh, but through faith and patience, inherit the promises. Uh, yeah, and she takes that to the school board and submits it that scripture verse, and then she's the valedictorian. So I guess I, I sort of kind of affected the whole graduating class. Uh, oh, yeah, so that ain't bragging if it, if it really happened. But my, my question <laughs> is—my right. uh, question is— uh, yeah. Number four, the, the how is the role of a you know it, it's really difficult for number five to mess with the role of a creator. But how has the role of religion messed up the Constitution?
0: Okay. So um, yeah, you're you're wanting to know how I think what you're asking is have we distorted the role of religion to the lack of it under the Constitution? Um, is is that what you're asking, Frank?
2: Yeah, you know we, we uh, we've allowed you know how you know how does this brother uh, you know this is probably the first time and I, I thought you all were talking about uh, Fredericksburg, Virginia. Now I got a story there, man. But anyway,
0: <laughs> well, no, let's just clarify your question for us, would you, on that number four?
2: Well, the, the question. Uh, about number 4 the role of religion uh and uh you know we've allowed uh, uh it, you know, we've allowed everything and uh uh I don't even really know how to you know I'm thinking about brother Pedro's b- books there we've allowed yeah. everything to uh uh and then when it comes to Judeo Christian uh, evangelical uh uh Yeah. Well uh, Frank uh, uh, Hey
0: let me let me uh, jump in Yeah, let me jump in, and I I think we know what you're asking. And uh, Rick, I'm gonna rephrase it for you, brother. I think we have lost the real understanding of the role of religion under the Constitution and what the Founding Fathers envisioned. They knew that, that, that like you said, uh, um, uh, that without religion and morality, that, that our Constitution would not work. Um, and it was a, uh, one of the pillars upon which our, our, our nation was based. But that's been distorted over the years. You wanna comment on that? Where are we today in this and, and what needs to happen?
1: Yeah, it's um you know we 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 often hear uh, separation of church and state which is not in the constitution uh, but it does say Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion and then the next part's the part nobody talks about uh, from the other side and the courts ignored for many many years or prohibiting the free exercise thereof uh, the idea that 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 we somehow flipped that on its head and we actually used the first amendment to prohibit the free exercise of religion for the last 60 years I mean it's it's been pretty um, um, t- tyrannical as far as I'm concerned when you actually tell someone they have to bake a cake that uh... celebrates something that goes against their religion when a photographer has to participate in a in a quote-unquote wedding that that violates their conscience and their religion and the list goes on and on and on um, that that is literally prohibiting the free exercise of religion and forcing someone to be part of what is now an established religion of, of lgbtism and um, so we've turned it on its head completely here's the good news though we're, we're reviving the original intent of the constitution we finally got a majority of the u.s supreme court to go back to the original language and, and actually get rid of the lemon test, get rid of all this court-created stuff. I call it in all of our constitution classes the court Constitution because we don't live Man. under the constitution. We live under the court Constitution in America, which is a witch's brew where a bunch of people in black robes got together and threw a phrase in here and a phrase in there, and that became the law in America. It's confusing. Nobody understands it exactly. Um, but fortunately, uh, Clarence Thomas and and, uh, and 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 um, um, wow, I just blank. Sam Alito uh, have have torn down a bunch of the strongholds that the left built up for 60 years. And with Gorsuch and and Barrett and, and Kavanaugh, when we can cobble them together, they're not as good as as uh, as Thomas and Alito, but they're on some days they are. And when we can get them all on the same page, we get some good decisions, like the Bruin case on the Second Amendment, Dobbs case on abortion, and of course uh, the Kennedy case on religion. that got rid of the Lemon test last summer. That's huge, brother. That. W- w- in fact, you probably heard Kelly Shackleford and others say this already. Uh, we're going to have more religious liberty in the next few years than we've had at any time in our lifetime. So I think we're righting the ship, if you will. We're getting this thing put back together the right way on that issue. We're winning big time. It's one of the bright spots and in, in where we are in this culture fight.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's that's awesome. I think we all need to be um, excited about that because if if we if we have freedom of religion, then we have an open road to begin to restore truth in government right. and culture, and uh, that's what it's all about. Well, Rick, I want to I don't want to tee up something for you here. I heard you speak on this subject at the uh, Wall Builders Pro Family Legislators Conference, and it was really intriguing to me. Um, you know, January sixth of 2021 was the date when. Uh, a large uh, group of people were in Washington protesting over the election results and and calling on Congress not to certify them. And you know what's happened since then is the, um, the, the, the Capitol building, they, they actually went into it. There was a little bit of property damage. Initially, the press was saying that you know, uh, five or six people were killed. It turns out that uh, that was not the responsibility of the protesters in large measure and all these other things and we could go on about it. But Speaker Mike Johnson uh, has announced just recently he's gonna be releasing the footage of that day. So I think this is gonna become really uh, a big issue as people begin to see what really happened on that day. But your message at the conference was about how if we knew our own constitution, if we actually knew how it worked, then January 6 probably wouldn't have happened. Can you, can you take just a minute and kind of unpack that for us? I know you don't have as long to share here as you did then, but what is the gist of what you're saying?
1: Yeah, you know, I mean, first of all, Mike Johnson, what a what a great speaker. This is uh, God literally parting the Red Sea for him to become a speaker. He's one of us in terms of, you know, biblical worldview, Constitution guy. I mean, I literally answered this same question we were just talking about the other day when a, a media personality asked him what he was doing praying on the House floor. He quoted Washington that we quoted earlier about, you know, uh, religion and morality being indispensable. He quoted John Adams and, you know, the, the moral and religious people, all that. I mean, it was so good. So anyway, he's going to awesome. be. Awesome. I believe a fantastic speaker for sure and mm-hmm. a real blessing and gives me hope. Um, and and this is a, uh, one of the immediate things that he did was to release this footage, which shocks me. There's the, I thought there was 14000 hours uh, that that was out there and very little had been released. Turns out I had Barry Louderman, a congressman who, who you met as well at the at the conference here in the in, my, in the tavern on my show. And he and, and he said there was, and he chairs the committee that's been reviewing this stuff. Forty four thousand. Mm. Hours of, of of tape that had not been released, um, and and what a what a, an anti due process, anti truth. Um, system we have whenever these defendants that have been literally locked up in a gulag in Washington DC without their due process rights for years uh, treated horribly worse than third-world country prisons where they were not allowed to shave, shower, cut their nails, talk to their attorneys, they used COVID to do horrible things to these people. It was awful uh, and continues to be a nightmare for many of these families and many of these individuals. But the fact that they were not given access to evidence uh, that they should have absolutely had the had had 100%. access to that that gets under my my sense of justice so much so, but that's not what you asked. So, uh, but I just get I get riled up about this one because I, I just I, I, this is the Rostock fire for America. So in 1933, uh, Germany had their Rostock fire, and Hitler literally used the Rostock fire to defeat, ironically, the communists in, in in the parliament there that were preventing him from getting total control and being able to be chancellor and get rid of free speech and all the things that we hold dear that they had. But once they had the Rostock fire, they were able to say, "Oh, they're doing violence against the government and all this kind of stuff," and they used it to then shut down their opposition. That's how Hitler ultimately came to power and it became a totalitarian state. And and I said on that afternoon when it happened, I'm watching the watching on television. Uh, I'm on a show and 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 watching as it's happening, and I, and I said, "Man, this is this is they're going to use this as a Rostock fire. They're going to use this." to crack down on conservatives and act like anybody that waves the flag or is a patriot or a Trump supporter or quotes the Bible is somehow uh, some kind of violent insurrectionist. And that's exactly what they ended up doing. Um, I have to say though, we have to approach this intellectually honest. We can't do what the other side did, which was they tried to paint it that everybody that was in Washington DC on January 6th was violent, hit a cop or fought a cop or broke a window. That's absolutely false, absolutely not true. But it is true there was violence, there were some bad players, there were some evil people that that instigated a lot of this and and, and did violence, and then there were just some foolish people that got caught up in the emotion of everything and did things they shouldn't have done, and every side's got its crazies. There was a handful of crazies that actually thought they could break into the Capitol and put Donald Trump on some kind of throne. I mean, there's always crazies. That was a handful of people. Hundreds of thousands of peaceful people went there to sing hymns, um, you know, sing worship songs, uh, sing patriotic songs and just be there en masse to say to congress follow the 12th amendment follow history and do the right thing here and verify the electors do your job don't just rubber stamp make sure you're only counting electors that were lawfully cast that were actually what a state intended to do in the presidential race that's what most people that were there intended to do the ones that broke the law meaning like broke things broke windows um attack cops did that kind of stuff they deserve pro- prosecution i said that that day the thing is, though, Richard, they, it, that equal justice we talked about earlier, that blind justice, right. they should be treated equally to the people that burned cities for an yes. entire summer and did a thousand times more damage. And that's not an exaggeration. $1.5 million in property damage January 6th, $1.5 billion in, in damage in the summer of 2020. Dozens of cops um, uh, killed and, and hurt and, and well, thousands of cops injured. Um, dozens of people were killed billions of dollars in 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 business i mean it was just crazy and yet most of them were not prosecuted at all the handful that were prosecuted were let out the next day on on uh, bail and and only a handful are actually getting prison sentences and they're all pretty short we we just sentenced a guy on january sixth to 22 years that wasn't even there i mean the, the 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 things that they're doing that they're using this to do are just it's just evil man it's just absolutely evil it has long ranging last lasting effects so I think we have to tell the whole story—the good, the bad, the ugly. We point out there were bad players. We show, you know, th- that's the only video that they've showed is that violence that actually did take place. Now we're seeing all the peaceful videos of people literally. <laughs> this is the funny part. This is what Loudermilk said on my show. He's like, uh, Rick, they're literally staying between the red velvet ropes. Like, if that's an insurrection, they're not a very motivated insurrection. I mean, they're following <laughs> the red rope. So there were a lot of innocent people that got, you know, that are being prosecuted that shouldn't be, um, and and it's just. Um, it's 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 been used to to radically transform our justice system and it's and it's now being used to silence people that's really why they're doing all of this they don't want people they want you to hesitate when you think about going to a rally or a protest Mm or go defend somebody or you want to you know that mark hawk the 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 pro-life uh activist that got arrested and they went in guns pointed in on his family just awful stuff you know if we were to show up at a rally supporting him and saying that that shouldn't happen some people would hesitate they'd be like man i don't want the fbi busting my door down yeah. so the yeah. chilling effect is real and i think the release of this footage is going to at least bring balance to this i just want our side to be sure and tell the whole story um and let's work really really hard to get the truth out there and be um before for actual justice biblical justice not social justice
0: yeah absolutely well i you know i hope and pray that at some point Uh, The veil is pulled back, and we can know the truth about all of the wicked conspiracy that has gone on since January 6th. Um, You know, I I wrote an article called The Most Dangerous Speech by an American President. And it was, uh, I think it was in 2021 when Joe Biden stood in front of Independence Hall. I remember. With the eerie red lights and the yep. Gestapo look to it all and threaten MAGA Republicans as if yep. they were uh, a threat to democracy when he's the one that's the threat to democracy. Yep. And um, and which, and by the way, since out. we're not a
1: democracy so, and the founders called it well, mobocracy, a great evil, right. I am a threat to democracy. I want us to be a republic. But I Thank know exactly you. what you mean and what you're saying. He is the real threat to our freedom no. and to the constitution, I, no doubt. I, I
0: deserved that one. That's good. But <laughs> but that that article's on our website, I encourage everybody to go to truthandliberty.net and read that because it's happening under our very eyes. But yes. we've got about 3 minutes left. What if, if we had known the constitution, how would yes, this have yeah. been prevented?
1: I'm so sorry. I mean, I I didn't come back to that at all, but but you know, here's the thing. We've had presidential elections like this in our past where where people uh, cheated, where people stole. I mean, that's that's just the nature of man. There's always going to be somebody that thinks the end justifies the means. We had states turn in three sets of electors in the past. We states that turned in 105 percent voter turnout which is pretty amazing uh, and and so there's always there has to be a process for saying are those electors legal? And there's been times in history where the vice president single-handedly rejected or accepted electors on their own. Um, that was done by John Adams, by Thomas Jefferson, by Richard Nixon. Uh, so Mike Pence could have done that if, if he wanted. But but all that people were asking for them to do was just verify that a state definitely wanted their electors to go one way or the other. Because in six of the or a lot of these states, they broke the Constitution by having elections where the rules had been changed without the legislature. That's unconstitutional and therefore those votes are tainted and the Supreme Court has said on three separate occasions that a legislature can take back the electors and, and, and assign them as they choose at any time they want. And that's what we were asking was, for instance, in Georgia, where the secretary of state cut a deal with the Democrat Party, changed how the election was going to happen, put polling places, gave an advantage to the Democrats basically. And and we were simply saying that legislature needs to call itself into session and name the electors for who they want. If they question whether Fulton County and the leak in the middle of the night and the suitcases of ballots and all that, whether or not they, whatever their reasons, if they question it, then they can choose where the electors go or simply tell Mike Pence and Congress, don't count Georgia this time. Um, so there were a lot of things that could have happened under the 12th Amendment that should have happened under the 12th Amendment uh, that didn't because we simply didn't know how the mm-hmm. system works. And I think it would we would have never had the conflict, because you would have already had prior to January 6th members of Congress saying, this is how the process is gonna work. Everybody's voice is gonna be heard. We're gonna seek clarification from the states and we'll make sure that, that the, whether it's Joe Biden or Donald Trump is not what the, it was about. It was about, is the system being followed? Is the, are the procedures? being followed. That's what I, I really I hope in the future we can do better at. I'm actually pushing for an amendment to the 12th Amendment to clear up some of this so that everybody knows it's in black and white and all sides are playing by the same rules. That's all we're asking for.
0: Well, that's fantastic. I, I wish we had time to unpack all that and, and go through it. But um, I think I think we have not seen the end yet of the election from 2020. We're, we're still going to be figuring this out, and uh, yeah. uh, hopefully history eventually will correct the wrongs. Um, God will help us, and Rick, I know that, you, that the work that you are doing and that the Bartons are doing is going to be a critical part of that for generations. So. Uh, I want everybody to remember to go check out your website. Uh, it's uh, at patriotacademy.com. I think that's it, right? And yep. uh, donate today. Help Rick build this amazing new campus and uh, sign up for one of these courses, sign up for biblical citizenship, become a constitution course, whatever God moves you to do, but be a part of his ministry. Brother, it's been awesome having you on. I, I'm so glad you came and I appreciate your, your time today and everything you're doing and just really appreciate it so much.
1: Well, Richard, appreciate you, man. God bless you. Thanks. For- for all y'all are doing at Truth and Liberty. We look forward to locking shields with you more.
0: All right, sounds good. Well, this has been the Truth and Liberty live call-in show. I'm Richard Harris. Again, our guest has been Rick Green. Thank you to all of you for watching. Be sure to sign up for um, the heart of Christmas and come out and see the live nativity. And uh, we love you guys, God bless you, and we'll see you again next time on Truth and Liberty.